welcome to a bonus episode of the Awful One Show. I'm Jamie Lowe and this is a podcast where I talk about life with diabetes. This is a special bonus episode, our first one ever. And with me is Jonsal Gorkan. Did I get that right? Jamie, you did indeed. It was very well said. Well done. I like <laughs> I think, it. I good, think I, I lost, lost my confidence towards the end because you, you told me a way to remember it. Just just say that again. Well, the best way to remember saying my name is just saying John Sells Gherkins. Much easier. So when I was saying Gorkan, all my brain was saying was Gherkin, Gherkin, Gherkin. So then I was like, oh, should I be saying Gherkin? But, uh, you know, we got you there can... in the end. Well, anyway, we're not here to talk about your name. You are here today because you are our type one to watch this month because, I mean, you're doing something very cool, but you've had, you know, quite a, a rich history of doing cool things related to type one diabetes. So when were you first diagnosed with a condition? I was diagnosed way back in 1990, veteran age. Wow. Okay. And uh, that is a lot longer than me. I was only diagnosed in 2015, so very recently for me. But you have had quite, uh, you call it an eclectic past, but you've had a varied career history, haven't you? It's been crazy. It's been it's been crazy. I've always said, you know, I've wanted to do things. And the thing is, people, people tend to think, I'm just going to do one thing. I've wanted to do so many things. And so it's varied from being a pro sportsman, being a pop star, and also being an actor. So I've been lucky, but also been crazy enough to have, you know, to have gone... I'm going to do all of those things. So what uh, came first? Were you a musician first? Or the, was it the football? I was I was a child actor. Uh, my parents, uh, my, my, my mum was an actress. Um, she'd done amazing stuff in the West End. And I'd grown up with it. My father being a stage manager at the Royal Shakespeare Theatre. So I'd grown up with, with the art. So I was a child actor, but I played football. And to me, I was kind of like, well, football is my life. And I sort of always said, with the acting, it's something I could fall back into. And I was sort of sport for choice. I had had an amazing agent. I was going up for Hollywood movies as a kid. I was doing a lot of stuff, but do you know what football was my was my pride and joy? It was was my life. It was my, it's what made me smile. It's what made me happy. And so I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be a footballer. So I sort of put my, my acting on the back burner and sort of put all my, my heart and soul into being a footballer. Uh, but it was when you were a footballer, you know, you achieved the dream, but then you also had type 1 diabetes, which maybe wasn't quite as well understood. And uh, that caused you some issues, didn't it? It did cause me some issues. I was very lucky. You know, in England, type 1 diabetes wasn't that harshly looked at. And this was because of an amazing type 1 diabetic footballer called Gary Mabbott, who played for Tottenham Hotspur. And this legend had set this benchmark, and this is why there wasn't as much ignorance shown towards it. You know, in England, I had no problems with with the pro clubs that I was playing with over here. But in Turkey, it wasn't as sort of... um, it It was looked at in a bit of a, you're sick, you're ill, you can't do this. Not all Turks were looking at it like that, but unfortunately the club that I signed with weren't so forthcoming with treating it as a, you're fine, you know, this is going to be okay. I was, I had a very bad hyperglycemic episode and unfortunately the chairman of the club I played for viewed that as a, as a, well, you've got an illness, you can't play football. And it did dent me a hell of a lot and it was sad. It was sad to see because, you know, social media wasn't rife at the time and Google didn't exist and it was just seen as you inject yourself, you know, you've got this 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 condition you can't play you can't play and 
it was sad, you know, and it, it, it did break me. But, I mean, diabetes was treated very differently in, um, in the UK. It's safe to say that Gary Mabbott, I keep saying it, he was this great ambassador. And to be fair, other diabetics weren't really known in professional sport around the world. So it, I played at a time when, you know, it was something which wasn't mentioned and it wasn't brought up. And I think that's why there was so much ignorance shown towards it, especially when I played pro in Turkey. So it was in Turkey when you had the hyperglycemic episode that, you know, derailed your football career. What happened? What, what, did you just go low on a pitch? Was it a quite severe hypo? It was a horrendous hypo. I was always very good with, with my hypos. I, I used to get awareness. I'd be fine. But I think moving to a new country, um, obviously I am Turkish as well, but I was nervous. You know, it, 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 the heat, you know, you're, you're adjusting to a new climate. It's all new. You know, you're excited. You're like, oh, come on. This is brilliant. But I basically was about to make my debut in the reserves. Um, and in Turkey, football was treated very differently in the reserves. So you'd have the reserve team would play in the main stadium before the first team played. So the stadium would be getting full. It would be manic. It'd be great. So I went to watch my, my team play in the first team stadium. Um, but on this particular day, I was obviously a week away from making my debut. I was excited. So I went to the stadium. I gave myself my usual morning injection but i didn't eat anything i was very stupid i made a big mistake by doing that and you know i started showing hyperglycemic signs my teammates they knew what was going on i explained to them i talked to them about it and it was just a sad that sad thing that happened i was hypo and had no symptoms i wasn't aware and i just hit, reached the point of no return where Unfortunately, this hypo that I was having in the stadium stands whilst watching um, the first team play, the club officials, the chairman, they were all there. And I was, I just went very, very bad. I, mm. I got abusive. I was saying things that I shouldn't say, but this was obviously the typical signs that hypos can, can bring when, you know, you reach that point of no return. And lucky for me, someone obviously cottoned on to what was going on and I was just saved at, at the right time. But you know, when you're behaving in a bit of an aggressive way and you're showing these signs, people who don't know about diabetes are going to think, what's going on here? This, this guy is a bit crazy. It's, you know, has he been drinking? What's going on? So, unfortunately, it happened at the worst possible time and, you know, it was um, something which I thought after it had happened that, do you know what? It's going to be fine. I had a hypo. It's all right. Yeah, not a problem. I know personally that when anybody even suggests that I can't or shouldn't do something, it just it really annoys me. It frustrates me. And the person that's usually telling me that I shouldn't or can't do something isn't type one themselves. So how was, how was that for you? Because I bet you had a whole panel of people suggesting that you couldn't or shouldn't play football anymore. I was thoroughly... Um, angry I've just you know I've never been ashamed I've always stood up for type ones even back then I've always been listen I've got diabetes not a problem I can play this game better than those who basically aren't diabetic it's not a problem but unfortunately when you're faced with these ignorant comments in another country it's very hard to get that point across and I did try I tried with all my might to say listen I'm diabetic it's not a problem but unfortunately, the club that I'd signed with, they weren't having any of it. My dad was speaking on the phone and, you know, to, to the guys, you know, going, come on, it's, it's fine. But 
Unfortunately, the chairman saw a different way, you know, and then suddenly, as always, the coach was going, I, I wanted him to stay, you know, I, I really wanted him, but I, it's out of my power. You know, people, unfortunately, they um, don't, they, they fear for their own job rather than the welfare of others. And, you know, they just didn't have my back. And the, the, the weird thing is, when I left the club, you know, I was devastated. You know, I was in tears. It was something which people didn't, weren't going to understand. And I went to another club in Turkey at the time and they were fine. I had a medical, they knew I was diabetic, not a problem. I went, I went to another club after I was um, given my sort of like release from, um, from Altai, who were the name of the football club I signed for, and they were fine. They were fine, you know, I had a medical. I told them that I was diabetic, you know, not a problem. It's just unfortunate that I went to a club that were very misinformed and didn't really understand. And do you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I think it happened. It wasn't meant to be. And, yeah. you know, as much as it, you know, breaks my heart, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, it wasn't meant to be. But I've always made it my main aim after what had happened to me that this will never happen to another type 1 diabetic, you know, in professional sport, in any environment that they're, that, that they're in. Because, do you know what? It shouldn't happen. Yeah. It won't happen. It's just sad it, it, it's sad you know and still to this day all these years later it still slightly bugs me but you know you learn to live with it i'm sure it does well john so thank you for now thanks for sharing all of that with us so you are listening to the all for one podcast i'm jamie Lowe, and i'm joined today by john so gurkan who is telling us just then all about how his football career was effectively ended by a particularly bad hypo. Stick with us after the break because John Saul will be telling us how he made the best of a bad situation. Hello guys, Jamie here. Thank you so much for downloading the Awful One podcast. Why not consider supporting this show and promote your brand or business in this airtime? You can contact us on contactawfulone at gmail.com for more info. Or if not, consider supporting the podcast another way by following us on social media. We're on Instagram at awfulonesta and Twitter at awfulonetweets. Hello, welcome back. You're listening to the All For One podcast, a bonus episode. I'm Jamie Lowe and I'm joined today by our type one to watch for the month, Johnsel Gurkan. And just before the break, Johnsel, you were telling us all about how your football career entered a bit of a period of difficulty after a bad hypo. But you are turning that story into a film, aren't you? I am indeed. I'm going to, well, I've basically got a lovely team on board to shoot a short film based on my time of when I played in Turkey, but it's going to be set in London, so it's going to be set in England, and that's basically the whole story of what I went through when I you know, when I played in Turkey. So you mentioned that it was sort of a, a difficult period in your life, and it sort of still bugs you a little bit. Is it difficult to sort of go back and relive it? Not at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to go back there. You've got to face your demons. You've got to conquer those things, and, you know, it... it it took me many years, many, many years afterwards to face up to it, you know, because no one will ever understand what you went through. Um, and, 
you know, I, I found it very hard. When I came back to England, I just told people that I had to leave Turkey because I had to do army service. I didn't tell them that it was because I was diabetic and because of my diabetes, because do you know what? People just don't understand. They would never come to terms with that. And all these years later, you know, I've had other careers and I've had a great time with doing what I've done. But, you know, people will never understand. And so and because of that, you know, you've got to go back to face your fears. And I'm very happy to talk about what I went through, you know. And in a way, me talking about it is sort of my way of getting over it, you know, being able to um, tell people exactly what I went through. So it's like a counselling session for myself when I do this. So it's brilliant. Well, yeah, uh, I think it's a great idea for a film. But I have had a few people uh you know people in the sort of media industry when i told them about the videos that i was planning to do or the podcast that i'm planning to make they came to me with concerns that you know it's a bit niche the type one angle there's only what four hundred thousand people in the uk with type one so the potential audience isn't very big but is is that something that ever crossed your mind making it sort of a wider appeal to get people to watch this film? Yeah, okay. I mean, what you've just said to me, that's actually angered me that people have said that to you. I'm sorry, but you know what? This is what really gets my goat, is when people go, oh, well, you know, there's not many people with type 1. I'm sorry. Type 1 is huge all around the world. And unfortunately, type 2 is what everyone talks about. And this is what really angers me and upsets me, because you know what? There's so many type ones out there and type one is something which is so misunderstood. I think what my aim was with diabetes related content was to just be visible. I sort of describe myself as unashamedly diabetic. So I'll do an inje injection wherever I am, regardless of whoever's around, regardless of whether they like needles or not. I'll, you know, do my blood tests wherever I am. And it really doesn't phase me who's there and who's watching because I would rather do that than have to explain to someone that I'm diabetic because I want them to see me before they see the condition because I think once they see the condition before they see me, that's when they start to doubt me or underestimate me. I had a child chaperone when I was a child actor tell me, please don't inject um, in this restaurant. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm injecting in front of people. You can't... I, but people just think it's wrong and... I will. I still do it now. I don't care. I mean, I honestly. I mean, it is something that I do not care about what people think, and unfortunately, like I say, I've lost jobs because of ignorance towards my hypos. I mean, my hypos have been the bane of my life. But I don't care about testing my blood sugar. I will do it. But the sad thing is, is that unfortunately, many people. You, I've heard stories from um, from parents where they're told their children can't test their blood sugar in a classroom because the teacher says no it puts other kids off i'm sorry if i find if i find out which school it is i'll go in there and say no you're and because of this young children think i can't do this i'm, I'm a freak i can't do that no 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 and this is why we have to raise awareness because it isn't done the press don't cover it people are ignorant towards it so what we're doing what you're doing what i'm doing to try and raise awareness and to motivate and inspire we're doing the right thing because if we don't you know these people are going to be you know adults as well they're going to be well i shouldn't do it i've got to keep myself hidden rubbish and i'm a firm believer and you keep doing it and you need characters to basically be inspiration yeah but i th i think i 
I'm trying to approach it at a bit, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to approach it like as a fight. I don't see it as a as a fight between me and all the people that have wronged me in the past. I, I sort of forget about them. They're, they're, they're gone out of my brain. I just try and, you know, reach new people with, you know, a sort of new conversation. And before they even get a chance to underestimate me or doubt me or, you know, before they even get a, 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 a chance to be concerned about my condition, I sort of throw them a whole lot of me. And then it's like, OK, we've done that now. And then I can sort of address the diabetes thing later because I, I just, you know, I just I'm just not comfortable with people deciding what they think about me by what they think they know about the condition that I have. Oh, no, I understand, but this is where we're very different. I love, get, this is me, I like confrontation with, with, with people that are ignorant. I love it. I, 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 it's, it's because of the way I am. Because I, I just like to get into confrontations with people that are very un, un, uneducated about it because I hate uneducated comments when people haven't got a clue what they're talking about and I've always been like that and that's me just going this is me take it or leave it if you don't like it you know where the door is get out you know I've always been that kind of confrontational character who's very proud of fighting the fight you know and I guess that's sort of given you the steam and the energy and the passion the drive to do the one-man show and the film. So if we get back to the film, when can we see it? What's what's your sort of timeline with it? Well, my timeline is I'm looking to shoot, well, we were planning end of July, but we're actually going to go, I think more, more realistically, probably end of August, September. And no one knows this now, but I'm going to give you some news that no one knows. Basically, I have um, a lovely gentleman who used to be in Casualty and has been on Strictly Come Dancing who will be playing my head coach in the film. And he is the actor, he's the actor, Mr. Patrick Robinson. So no one else knows that. I've now obviously just let that out of the bag because I think, well, why not? So he's he's going to be the head coach, which is a great addition to the cast. And I have an old friend who's an ex-professional footballer called um, Leon Constantine, who's going to be um, in the movie. And he's a great guy who's He's also been very supportive and he's a very he's very keen on helping type one um, type one diabetics and raising awareness with the profile because he's worked with other youngsters who are type one. So I've got some lovely people who are involved with the project. My my director is fantastic. He's a young gun. He's great. He's got such passion. And you know what? It's it's something I really can't wait to do, because for me, I'll be able to end that chapter of what happened to me in Turkey when I played football. So. For me, it's going to have to close. I'll be able to close the book and close the door on it. And I just want it to be something which obviously inspires and helps other type ones who might be struggling living with it. And also just to raise that awareness bar. That's the main thing, because I just don't want what happened to me to happen to anyone else. And like we said earlier, it's not just England. This is going to be people will be able to relate to it with. It'll be basically across the whole world. You know, it's football's a beautiful game and. It's not just about me being type 1 diabetic and what happened to me, but it's also about mental health and issues that can affect you when, you know, you're having a hard time, you're, you're struggling with it. Because I want people to know that they're not on their own and there are avenues you can go where people can help you. And it's 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 going to be a good, a, a good thing that's going to be done. And, you know, I hope that it just um, it makes the mark that I want it to make. Well, I hope it does, and I'm sure it will too. It's going to be great to see a football film 
with a type 1 diabetes theme. So thank you, John Sulf, very much for talking to us on our first bonus episode. Uh, just finally, if people are dying to find out more about your new film, where can they go to find a bit more about you and what you get up to? My, my IG is Diabetic Showbiz Shizzle. My Twitter is Karate Kid JSG. I'm the biggest Karate Kid fan. I've got a Karate Kid sleeve tattoo. It, it, it's unbelievable. My Karate Kid obsession is just second to none. And my, um, my official website is officialjohncell.com and all information will be on there. Fantastic. So if you want to keep up to date with John Cell and how his film is getting on, then get in touch with him on social media. But thank you to you, John Cell, for coming on to this bonus episode. Thank you to you who's listening at home. Um, do make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Please leave us a review. It really, really, really helps. We've had a few nice ones come in so far. Um, and if you do, I'll give you a shout out in the main episode. But thank you very much for listening to this bonus episode of the All For One podcast. I'm Jamie Lowe. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. We are at All For One Insta. On Twitter, we are at All For One Tweets. And on Facebook, we are at All For One Online. If you know someone or yourself who would make a fantastic candidate for our type one to watch, then do get in touch with us. You can send us an email to contact all for one at gmail.com. But that is all for now from the All For One podcast. We'll be back soon. See you next time.